Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Open up your words if you would tonight. Open up your words to Genesis chapter 41. We are continuing with our spiritual fitness tonight. Spiritual fitness. I believe in this. I want you to know that if there was one character in the Bible, barring Jesus, one character in the Bible that I would epitomize and hold up as an example for every person to follow, it would be Joseph. Joseph's life shows us what God can do if someone will continue giving him the opportunity. Will continue opening up their heart Hardship after hardship, blessing after blessing, situation after circumstance, Joseph continued to respond with a godly heart, opening up his life and his mind and saying to God, what would you have me do in this situation? Joseph continued to blossom wherever he found himself planted. He could not control what he was going through, but Joseph had control over how he would go through it. Joseph shows us that that your greatest day will not come before you face and pass your greatest test. That's a reality of life still today. That our greatest day will not come. We will not recognize, we will not embrace, we will not experience our greatest day until we face and pass our greatest test. Sure, there would be many along the way. There are many tests that we face in life. And and as we grow through life, it seems as though that the test can become a little more difficult, a little more formidable, one after the other. But every time we face a test, if we will roll it into the hands of God, whatever the test might be, whether it's a small one or whether it's a major one, a critical one in life, if we will roll it into the hands of God and say to God, God, this bothers me. God, this is coming against me. God, this is hurting me. God, I'm concerned about this. Lord. God, uh, this, this Lord is a formidable enemy. This could take me down. Lord, I don't know what to do about this. If we will continue with each one of those every time, not just one time, and not get frustrated and not withdraw from God and, and not imagine that somehow God does not love us or not care about us, but if we will roll every one of them into the hands of God and simply say to God, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Take from me a spirit of timidity and fear and worry and anxiety. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, God, speak to me in my nighttime, in my daytime. Lord, speak to me from your word. Lord, who in the word of God faced something similar to what I'm facing? What did they do? What should they have done? And when we will go to the word of God and and, then cry out to God, his spirit will lift us up and give us guidance, even if he has to send an angel from heaven or some other minister on earth to come and share with us the way that we should think. (coughs) Excuse me, the way that we should Walk what we should believe. Joseph was that kind of man. I'm going to need a drink just a moment. Blake, that's me. I'll just turn that off. Tomorrow's my birthday. I'll be all better. Amen. 
Joseph was that kind of man. Isn't it amazing how I just picked right back up where I left off? <laughs> Joseph was that kind of man. He was the man that without regard and without respect to what he faced or how many times he was disappointed, he would continue to roll it back on God and depend on God. Now, we have gone over so far uh, 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 so you know, many uh, exercises, and every one of them designed to stretch us. So far, we have talked about 21 different things that we saw in the life of Joseph, how he continued to progress through life. God was preparing him. God was positioning him. By the time we get to Genesis 41 and 42, Joseph is now uh, 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 38 years old. He is uh, maybe 39. There's already been seven years of good days and bountiful harvest. And now we're in the second year of the famine. Okay? It's been between eight and nine years since Joseph had been released from prison and made ruler second only to Pharaoh. It's been 25 years since Joseph has seen his family. He's 38, 39 years old, 25 years since he's seen his father and his brothers, his brothers especially, because they are the ones that separated him from his family. They are the ones that put him into the pit, that sold him into slavery. They're the ones that did him wrong. Now, the Bible says that he has two sons, and the sons that he has now, he has, uh, he's even named one of them, because this one son, firstborn son that he had, caused him to forget his family and his pain and all that he had left behind. It gave him joy in the land where he was. And that's what God wants us to understand, is that we may not always be able to control where we are in life, but wherever we find ourselves, God wants us to realize that he can visit us in that place and restore our joy and take our pain and, and, and help us to recover from the disappointments of the past, the betrayals from the hurt. You see, every one of us has been hurt. In fact, I, 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 I don't meet people who have walked very far in life that don't carry some burden and some pain. But God, in his goodness, wants to give us joy even in the midst of a heartbreak that we cannot change. We cannot go back and fix. We may not can ever recover in this life from it. But nonetheless, God wants to visit us and give us a hope and a future. You see, God has been preparing Joseph for years and positioning Joseph for his greatest day. One might imagine getting out of prison and, 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 and becoming a ruler of Egypt would have been the greatest day. Oh, no, that was not the greatest day. That was all in the plan, on the road to the will of God and the purpose of God. The reason that Joseph was there to begin with was to save his family, to save his family from starvation and to save them, bringing them down into Egypt. Egypt, covering them, protecting them, and blessing them. Joseph would live. He's 38, 39 years old here. Joseph is going to live to be 110 years old. And for the rest of his life, he's going to be the one that is taking care of and providing for his family. After he dies, they become slaves. Up until his death, they are honored, wealthy, blessed, covered, protected farmers. 
sheep tenders in Egypt. Well, many times it's not the outward physical hardships which provide us the greatest test in life. As I said, our greatest day will not come before we face and pass our greatest test. But the greatest tests are not often those physical hardships, sickness or, or pain or loss of finances or a loss of job, disappointment. Not often are those physical hardships our greatest test in life. But rather, the greatest test we face are the inner struggles. When we are hurt beyond what we imagine we can endure sometimes, whenever something crushes us on the inside or makes us afraid, perhaps betrayal or feelings like somehow life has has. has delivered us a blow from which we shall never recover. It's the inner things, the inner struggles that provide the greatest test that we will ever face. I have learned from watching Joseph, however, that we never stop our pain by causing pain to others. How many times do people make that mistake? Hurting people hurt people. How many times are we tempted to fall for this thought that our pain would stop if we could just give this same pain to the people who caused ours? Another thing I've learned is that hurting others will not help me. Hurting others will not help me. You see, because of a third thing that I have learned is that, is that your victory is not always in the defeat of your enemies. Many times the victory we need comes from God. It does not come from the defeat of those that we face. And those are the things that Joseph would find out in life. And, and he would find that, that rather he needed to exercise himself to godliness because if he could not give a godly and a proper response to the things he was facing, he might would have disqualified himself from future use. Let's begin tonight to learn some new spiritual exercises as we pick up the story at the end of chapter 41 in Genesis. And uh, the, the Bible tells us in verse 53 of Genesis 41, it says, then the seven years of plenty which were in the land of Egypt ended and the seven years of famine began to come. As Joseph had said, the famine was in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. The reason there was bread in Egypt is because Joseph had saved 20% of everything that had been grown in those abundant harvest years, double and triple and quadruple the harvest. He had saved 20%. No doubt, it does, the Bible doesn't say this, but, uh, but well, it does say it just not in these words, that a fifth part of everything was grown Joseph taxed the people with. So basically taxes were 20% in Egypt in those days of everything that you grew. And Joseph, 
piled it up in, in every city and every community where it had been grown so that it could be disseminated. And, but, but, but the stockpiles grew so much, the Bible says, that, that Joseph and all of Egypt, all the Egyptian calculators could not keep track of the abundance of all the food that had been stored in those seven years of plenty. Now two years into this, uh, there was bread in Egypt. But all the other land around, there was famine. And, and uh, in Canaan, Canaan was only, you know, uh, 25 miles north of the Egyptian border is where Beersheba is. And that's where uh, Jacob uh, lived with his family. Jacob was 130 years old by this time. And he had 70 mouths to feed, the Bible tells us. And whenever you have 70 people that you are going to feed, plus the servants, okay, could have been 200, 250 people besides his animals that he needed to feed every day. There was a lot on Jacob, and Jacob realized that, that uh, even though he was a wealthy man, you know, there's little he could do with his money. You couldn't eat it. And, 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 and so he sent his 10 oldest sons down to Egypt, to Pharaoh's court, to buy grain. In, in chapter 42, the Bible tells us that as, as uh, Jacob sends his oldest sons down, verse 3 says, So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. Verse 5, And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine in the land was, was, was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor the brother they hadn't seen in 25 years. He is the governor over all the land. And it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down to him before him with their faces to the earth. Wow. You know, this was a picture, the first dream that Joseph had when he was 17 is that they were binding sheaves in the field, you know, connecting with grain. And, and, and he and his brothers and his brothers' sheaves bowed down to the sheaf. You know, a sheaf, you've seen those grain stalks where they get the grain stalks together, you know, and, you know, like, a, you know, barley or something like that, wheat, and they tie a string around it and kind of set them up, you know. And, and, well, one of those little tied-up little groups is a sheaf, and they were binding, they were tying these bundles of grain up, and his brothers' bundles of grain came over and bowed down to his bundle. And he told his brothers, and they got so upset with him, this is the fulfillment of that. Now, <clears throat> the Bible doesn't give us words to describe how Joseph felt at this moment. But we can imagine a wide range of his emotions. We can imagine them because as we continue to read the story, which we will have to continue at a later time, but as we continue to read through this story, we're going to find out that Joseph here has a, a, a fair range of considerations. He considers two or three different things that he might do. And no doubt, he is wrestling with what to do. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that wrestle later. But the one thing I want to point out to you tonight is that no matter and without regard as to how wealthy you become, how important you are, and how busy you may be, there is never a substitute for paying attention. Paying attention, being attentive. That's our exercise for this week. And I'll have to leave you with this one because we need to stack chairs, okay? And uh, 
lest Brenda get on to me and says, well, I wouldn't have had to stack so many if you hadn't kept them so long. But uh, attentive. What does attentive mean? Attentive means that Joseph was paying attention. Do you know that, that, that a man that important, a man that busy, a man that had worked at that job that long, a man that had that much to do, a man that had new children, a man that, that had, you know, I mean, he's busy. That man, nonetheless, was in the place he needed to be when his brothers came. Can you imagine how many thousands upon thousands of people were coming to buy grain? Well, everyone was coming to buy grain. But Joseph stood his post he didn't get too important and too busy to do his work. He was paying attention for when his brothers came and bowed down before him, he was right there at work. Nothing, by the way, takes the place of showing up at work. Hello, Joseph teaches us this. Not just being promotable, not just making a good presentation, but also showing up is important. He was paying attention. Can you imagine how many people he had seen bowing down, wanting to buy grain? He'd seen them all. And, you know, I don't know what he was expecting, but I don't think that day he was expecting his brothers to be in that crowd. But there he sees them. Why? Because he is attentive. Nothing takes the place of us paying attention to what we are in charge of, to the things that, that come under our guidance, to the things that are our responsibility. Joseph was responsible to Pharaoh for this duty. He didn't just pass it off on someone else. He paid attention to his job. Let me encourage you. If you would dare to give God the greatest opportunity in your life, without regard and without respect to what you may have been through, to how busy you are, how much you have to do, without respect to how wealthy you are or, 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 or how important you may be, nothing will position you better with God in life than you keeping your eyes open and paying attention to what God still yet wants to do through you. Okay. Let's keep our eyes open. Amen? Amen. He saw his brothers. He recognized them. They didn't recognize him. Joseph had changed. His brothers hadn't. 